and welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 60 of Bruise Less Traveled, the podcast exploring the best uncharted beer scenes across the U.S. Hey there, I'm your host. I'm, I'm out of breath. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, good to be back for another episode. Uh, happy to have my co-host Ben de, ben, ben de back for another Ben episode. How's it going, Ben? Oh, it's all about Bend, Oregon, baby. I'm I'm doing well. How are you? I I am also doing well. Um, we have a uh, we were doing a little, things a little different this week. Doing things a little different tonight. I Not like one change. Of our, uh, I don't know if I don't like change. I'm reluctant to most change. We're going to be dissecting our beers tonight, like the usual, but. Uh, we're going to be joined by a friend of the pod, and we're going to have to check this. Maybe uh, producer Laura in the chat can confirm this. But I think our first recurring guest in the history of Bruise Less Traveled, without further ado, let's welcome back previous guest and friend of the podcast, Ian Oldman. How's it going, Ian? Hello, everyone. Hi. There Hello. we go. Hello. Hello, Ian. Young great. Thanks for having me back on. Can't wait to learn more about... Uh, bend i love cities that, that are a verb great <laughs> great vibes there you know but it's also a noun you know there's a That's bend true. in the road but also that road bends to the left it's very flexible bend yeah the city has layers yeah it does it, it's like a like an onion like a flexible flexible onion how you guys doing today how's your how's your day been so far what's your non non-pod life thing ben i i, I know ben has an exciting sh- story to share with everyone oh yeah i've i've, uh, I've been moving all day <laughs> uh like you know Very furniture exciting. from a dwelling to another dwelling i mean most people move most of the day like physically but i've been moving furniture to a new apartment um which i'm very excited to put together um, probably sometime tomorrow because I am out of energy and I am, this is like, of course, this is the night that we're doing Belgians. <laughs> yep. Got some nice, uh, easy drinkers here for you tonight. Uh, yeah. Ian, how was, uh, how was your day going? Well, uh, we're on about our fifth straight day of heat advisory here in Texas. Uh, so, uh, been doing nothing. I saw a squirrel uh, in my in my backyard, just sort of giving up, just hanging out under my uh, my my porch, just for shade. And uh, my cat had a field day with that, so lots of stuff going on. Wait, did the cat my... get to the squirrel? No, she's not allowed outside. She's not. Okay. Yeah, she's a city cat. She's a she born in the the alleys of Pittsburgh. Not really her uh, her thing. The heat, you know. Yeah, she's yeah. Well, I don't know. There's some rough and tumble alleys around here. She could probably tear it up in the Texas out, out outdoor area. She's a cowgirl <laughs> now. She's <laughs> it's really really puttered out on that one. <laughs> the the Texas space out the the stuff outside. Yeah. Uh, so I've been traveling. I slept about four hours last night and then I've been traveling all morning. We're all in great uh, shape. Yeah. Just, this just is perfect. I'm, top I'm, of now, our game. I'm a lot more enthused and energized now than I was before to know that we are all uh, on the same page. That's good. Yes. Ian, Ian could die any second because of heat. He's watching squirrels die. Ben is in an echoey, empty room and 
I forgot my mouth guard when I was traveling. So I just stayed up all night last night and grinded my teeth. Uh, grinding, grinding the night away. Uh, but I had a very wonderful day yesterday. I was in Boston, a good beer city. I had lots of uh, local beers such as Miller Lite. That <laughs> we went to a restaurant based on its location, not based on its its beer list, which is the complete opposite of what we normally do when we choose places to eat as a company. Um, so, yeah, lots of good local Miller Lights there. Me and a friend shared paella. Shout out Todd. Uh, it was very wonderful. My yay buddy. And uh, yeah, now I'm back in Pittsburgh after long day of traveling, flight delays, being hot, and I'm ready to drink some really, really, really strong beer. Uh, chat is blowing up, but we have beer. Let's go. That's a good point. Let me get through this. Uh, we have a featured brewery this week, Monkless Belgian Ales, and they have supplied us with some amazing beers to drink and dissect and for our beer club subscribers to enjoy along with us. We're going to be drinking the FNG Belgian style Abbey Ale and their Hazy Day in Brussels, which is a, a double dry hopped Belgian style Trippel. So excited to get into both of those. And without further ado, let's let's crack these these beers yet. Yins and Johns. I don't know why I wrote that in the script. Yins and Johns. There's nobody here. Well, Ben's kind of Philly area. So we got Yins and Johns yeah. here tonight. What what should we do first? I feel like we should do the hazy day in Brussels first. We're going to crack that first. Oh, sure. Uh, let's get into some beers. Ian, I uh, believe you have a beer for yourself there, right? Maybe not a Monkless beer. Still got was it, be able to find a day shoots. Here in Austin, the, uh, what is it? The um, I think it's freshly squeezed. Yeah, fresh squeezed. Fresh squeezed. You should hold that up again. It, it it becomes especially when the hot part. It just becomes part of the background. Spin the can. Spin the can. Yeah. Nice. There we go. There we go. We're Wonderful. really living in 2022, aren't we? I mean, this is yeah. just the this is the technology the Isaac Asimov is writing about. Yeah. <laughs> so I already poured the FNG because that's what I thought that we were starting with, but. Uh, I think I'll I think I'll just go back and forth and uh, we'll talk about each one at the appropriate time. If that's okay with everyone. That's fine. That's fine. Sorry about that, Ben. I did actually <laughs> put them backwards in the run of show. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Yeah. So uh, I started with the uh, hazy day in Brussels, which is an 8.6% Belgian style tripel um, that they brew like a tripel, you know, classic Belgian pills and malt. Uh, Belgian trapeze yeast, uh, basically up until the point where the beer is almost done fermenting, they treat it like a Belgian Abbey Trappel. And then they dry hop it like a New England IPA with uh, Citra, Eldorado, and Mandarina Bavaria. And uh, yeah, it really comes through like that. So far, the first sip tastes exactly <laughs> as, as, as expected uh, based off of that description. Yeah, lots of citrusy aromas, uh, really nice yeast character in the back coming from that Trappist ale. It plays really nicely with that Citra and Eldorado. You said this was how strong? 8.6. Yeah, that alcohol flavor is not coming through the the way that I expected. No, no. Going to be feeling it in a minute, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's going to hit the bloodstream and go running straight to the brain real fast. Uh, but 
<laughs> yeah, the the there's enough there's enough bitterness, um, at least in the well, there's the bitterness and then the hop aroma to balance out any sweetness that would be normally present in a chapel, at least as far as I can discern. Yeah, very, very calm down and like that sweetness that's typical. Chat, you are funny and electric tonight. I think we're just <laughs> going to disable the chat at the beginning of the stream every night. Get them going. Get yeah, them really. It, uh, yeah, it got them all. Uh, it, it riled them, and uh, now we're getting <laughs> all the, all the, the 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 big hits. So shout out to those people in the chat. Some of our loyal beer subscriber, uh, beer club subscribers. You also got monkless stickers in your box this month, and uh, becoming a common occurrence in the Bruce Less Travel Box. Temporary tattoo. Didn't think I would see the day that temporary tattoos would be a common swag thing from craft breweries, but it's next a thing only, now. Next only for uh, yeah. temporary tattoos. Surprise your boss tomorrow. Go into the office with one. I, sh- I should put it on my forehead and scare my mom. Okay. I'm going to put mine on. Wait, how do, you, how do you do a temporary tattoo? I have water here. I think I need, I got, I got these paper towels here. Uh, I think we could do this. I think we could do this. We're going to do this. I do have a question for everybody since we are drinking from uh, a brewery that calls himself Monkless. They call themselves that because uh, they're everything uh, about Belgian ales except the monks. They they don't have monks there. So they are Monkless. Great name. Love, love an etymology of a name. No monks. No monks. Minus even on the can. It just says Belgian tradition minus the monks. All righty. But the question at hand is, is when did you guys first get into Belgian ales? First, are you both are you both big Belgian ale drinkers? Is it something you order when you go to the bar? Oh, yeah. Love them there. It's I mean, they're they're beers with like tons of history. They they've got so much character. And also, like, I think probably everyone did this when they first got into craft beer. Right. Like you order by price and ABV. So if you could find like, <laughs> yeah, the, the beer that's 8.7% and it's like four bucks, you're like, well, <laughs> I guess I'm drinking from Belgium today, you know? So it's, it really, uh, it comes in handy quite a lot, but yeah, they're, they're, they're fantastic. Uh, I, I'm a bigger fan of like the saisons and Trapels more so than like, you know, doubles or quads even, but, but that, that's because I'm in a place where it's like 90 degrees year, year round. So it's hard to, hard to, chug a, a syrupy quad a dark yeah dark raisiny 11 <laughs> percent beer yeah. uh, how, about, how about you ben is it a belgian something you go for often um you know i guess uh, i i've i've drank so many saisons and that's become just it's it's a huge category and it's one of my favorites that in my head i don't even really think of it as belgian anymore like yeah it's a saison yeah, it's just saison. Like, there's Belgian saisons, there's French saisons, there's mixed culture. There's all different kinds of things that you can do within the category of a saison. So, I guess what I would say is that uh, primarily, what I drink is very Belgian adjacent. And when I think Bel- think of Belgians, I think of those tripels and those quads and stuff like that. Um, and you know, there was a time, uh, like what Ian was talking about, like where you know I'm in my early twenties and I just want. 
the strongest thing on the menu because I am the strongest boy. But um, I nowadays tend to lean away from that. I think my my introduction to the style wasn't actually a beer from Belgium, um, but the uh, it was Le Fin du Monde uh, from from Unibrow was my sort of like that was the gateway for me into that category of beer. Um, and that was like one of my first favorite beers ever. I'd, I'd never had anything as complex and enchanting as that, um, especially with the aesthetic and the themes of the, the apocalypse and all that. Yeah. Um, so that was all very appealing to me um, as as a 20 something. That's what that means, right? Le Fendumon is the end of the world. The end of the, the world. world. Yeah. 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 That's a great Una Brow, Una Brew. In Unipoo, they're uh, they're like a, they're <laughs> you, they're the French, they're French Canadian. Uh, my my family is from like up in Quebec, and when I was the first, that's the first beer I ever like got drunk off of, you know, because uh, <laughs> they sell them in like forties up there, and one forty when you're like sixteen <laughs> years old, a Belfin de Mon will like, like get you, it'll get you there, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so appropriately named at that point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the end of your good decision making abilities. Yeah, so that was going to be the next question. What was the first one you remember having? So both of you is Lefin Dumont, huh? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. yeah, am I gonna? I'm gonna I'm gonna blow chat up here uh, or blow up the show here. Uh, the first Belgian beer I ever had was Blue Moon. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, that's probably the first like Belgian style I had, Belgian white ale I had. I I, I almost want to say Le Fin du Monde or maybe Maudette. I had a good friend named Matt. We worked at a pizza shop together and he got me into like good craft beer and, and home brewing and like was really the catalyst for me getting into like a nerdy level of good beer. My dad always had good beer around, um, but he was the one that really got me and he was really into Belgians and there was a, a bar a six pack shop that we would go to. And I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, I had like, I'd buy like dogfish head 90 minute and stone ruination and arrogant bastard and stuff. And I was like, well, this Maudette bottle looks pretty cool. Let me, let me try that out. Oh, chat's throwing a very good one up there. Chimay blue may have been the first one I had probably one of those oh, two yeah. Chimay or, or Le Fin du Monde or Maudette. But I think a lot of people are like what you guys said, you know, you, when you get into craft beer, you're like, oh, I want to drink the fanciest shit. I want the most expensive one. I want the one with the most bang for the buck. Let's let's order delirium. Noel. Yeah, <laughs> right. I, I feel like a lot of people go through a delirium tremens phase, yeah. um, especially the fruited stuff, too, because if you've never had a beer like that before, like it's kind of mind blowing how fruity and sweet it can be and still be so strong. Um, I, that's not to, you know, slag anyone off, but that's a, that's a beer that I went back to recently. And I was just like, oh yeah, when I was younger, this absolutely would have blown my mind. And now I'm just like, it's, it's fine. It's good. Yeah. Clay bottles or whatever they are. Clay, but, clay covered painted yeah. bottles or whatever. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, not, like I said, not to knock it, but, um, you know, it, it definitely was another one that like got me to where I am now. Um, and I can still absolutely see why it's so broadly appealing and so popular around the world and readily available all across the country. No, having a 
a hazy Belgian now. Um, I'm kind of surprised that this is not something that I've run into yet. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, this is, this is really good. And now I'm starting to feel it. Uh, looking at chat, some great answers here. Uh, Chad says Duchess, Duchess de Bourgogne. I never get that last, that, that one, you know, that one first was an Overshore's quad. Chimay Blue, uh, Chimay, Le Fin du Mont, uh, Delirium, Duvel. There's a good starter um, Belgian beer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember the first time I had one of those, I was like, oh, it tastes like root beer, but it's beer <laughs> beer. Well, Duchess is an interesting one, too, because it's that, like, uh, the Flemish sour red, which is, so, like, it's such a unique beer style uh that like you it's really not really replicated uh by a lot of other breweries it's sort of like very unique yeah what is it technically a flemish red or an oud oud brewing but that's like when i think of belgian beers there's like the there's a few categories there is like working class like farmer beer which is like lambic and saison and the stuff that like developed on farms like all the way back to the 13 1400s then there's like fancy monk beer, which is like Abbey, uh, the trapeze stuff, the Dubells, the quads, the tripels. And then there's that weird category of sour and dark, the Oud Bruin, the Flemish red, the Flemish brown. And yeah, you just do not see anywhere near the level of appreciation for those beers that you do for the other categories of, of Belgian beers. I'll throw in a, a fourth category there, and it's sort of like industrial revolution beer. Uh, when when I went when I went over to Belgium, I like drank all the beers that we're talking about. You know, like made the trip to Cantillon, did did everything, did all like the the beer spots. But honestly, like one of my favorite beer experiences was finding when we were in Antwerp. We, there's this beer. It's like their city beer called um, Deconic. Like it's a Belgian pale ale. It's not what you expect it to be at all. It's literally cheaper than water in some bars. You know what I mean? And it's like, it, and that was just what my, it, it's one sip. It was like, oh, this is like a, just a solid, solid beer, like an everyday drinking beer. And there you, we found sort of some of those like throughout, throughout Belgium where it's like the local city brewery made them and they've made them for like 200 years. They were like only interrupted by World War One, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And just yeah, and they're just sort of like they're bready, they're a little light, you know. Just uh, but like that, th- and those are the beers that like don't make it across the ocean too much, which is a shame because I feel like Belgian pale ale. Like I don't know anyone that really makes a Belgian pale ale over here. So I absolutely know someone. I, I had it last weekend. Allagash makes their River Trip, which is a wonderful little Belgian pale ale. Um, but Allagash and the Lost Abbey have both done a Belgian style lager, which I imagine is somewhat similar to what you described, but just, you know, lager instead of pale ale. And I always remember enjoying those with a little bit of funk, you know, Belgian yeast character to it, but that real clean, crisp, refreshing, like clean Pilsner malt taste, little touch of hops. And I feel like that's what the everyday people would drink. You know, I, it's, there might be people in Brussels that are like, Hey, let's pop a goose every day, or let's, you know, let's pop a, a fruited Lambic every day. But I feel like around the world, it's just everybody's local lager. That's the most consumed. 
Yeah, well, it's just like what we can get for a couple of euros at the cafe. It, or like they'll have they'll be on the the umbrellas outside. Something else interesting came up in chat. This might be a window cling. So uh, let's 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 find out here. We got oh, we uh, don't possible, know. We don't we don't know. Uh, <laughs> producer, producer Laura, please tell tell me if this is a window cling, because if I put it on my neck, it may not come. Don't off. tell him, Laura. <laughs> Uh, so here we go. We're gonna wet the neck down. I think this is how you do this. We're gonna be sure to apply lots of heat when you put it on as well. Lots so of the heat, adhesive, so the adhesive really gets gets in there. You know. Okay. Yeah. So we got this is probably good neck positioning right here. We're gonna put it on yeah. there. Here we'll just hold that on there like that. A uh, couple people in chat were saying uh, that their first Belgian beers were Cantillon and Tilken. You guys are just jumping right into the the Funk Factory. Those are pretty great beers. Yeah. yeah. Good for them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's my that's my go-to if I pick any kind of Belgian beer. Lambic is my ultimate. That's my favorite. If I want to have like a special moment with beer, I'm pulling out Lambic. That's yeah, the end all be all. I mean, we're not I'm not gonna go down the, the Lambic tangent and walk wax poetically about it, but you know, that's the coolest beer. Let's just make this beer and put it out in the wild and let it just let it do things and then we'll try to drink it like three years from now cool yeah just holding this tattoo on my neck here seeing if it's gonna work i think it might be time to uh jump into our second beer start talking about the fng how how long should i hold this on here i think the rest of the episode okay we'll do a big reveal at the end yeah Yeah. okay yeah we'll do that oh my god it's gonna be like no i think it's like five minutes Give it like five minutes. Okay, we got this. Let's do this. Let's take a beer break and talk about hops. Oregon is one of the country's largest hop cultivating regions, with only the states of Idaho and Washington producing more. About 130 miles west of Bend is the Willamette Valley, which includes the cities of Portland, Salem, and Eugene. This area is extremely similar in climate and appearance to Germany's famous hop-growing regions, and at one time was the largest producer of hops in the world. In 2020, farmers in Oregon harvested over 7,000 acres of hop plants, producing around 120,000 pounds of hop product, accounting for 12% of all hop production in the United States. Now, this region doesn't just specialize in hops. In fact, it's highly likely that your Christmas tree or any hazelnuts that you have laying around the house uh, came from the Will Amet Valley, a great region for growing hops, Christmas trees, hazelnuts, and other things. Now, let's get back to the show. All right. Um, so now we have the FNG, also from Monkless. FNG, FN new guy, the freaking new guy. And this is a great story behind this beer because apparently the new one of the new brewers at Monkless screwed up a recipe and was supposed to be brewing a Dubel, which is basically Belgian's answer to a, an English porter. So dark, malty. Uh, but he accidentally made something that's halfway in between a Dubel and a Tripel. He put um Trapel yeast in there. So you get this uh, very much like fruity, estery character um, that plays really nicely with that brown, brown malts, dark malts. I realize everybody's probably just staring at me holding this stupid tattoo on my neck now. So I was going to make a Dubell and a half joke. Cheers. 
just really <laughs> suck the suck the air out of the room as much as I possibly can. Mm, that is wonderful, bready and bananae and little touch of dark character to it. Yeah, I'm actually not mad that I let this one sit for a little bit. I Ooh, think it. Yeah. Uh, I think it actually did some good things to it. If there was any style that I was going to let just sit for 20 minutes in a glass, uh, this is this is one of them. Yeah, <laughs> another another heavy hitter here coming in at eight percent ABV. Uh, <laughs> it is not even six o'clock here yet. <laughs> oh, yeah, West Coast. Hey, we got three we got three time zones repre- represented here. We're really oh, uh, yeah. living up the bruise less traveled name here. We got all of the United States covered. Oh, we're missing mountain time zone. Yeah. Well, I was going to say all of the United States means Oregon, Texas, and Pennsylvania. (laughs) Everything else. Yeah. The three big ones that everyone talks about all the time. Mm. Yeah. Just the three needle movers in the country. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So both of these beers from Monkless, you know, Monkless is definitely portrays itself as trying to show those, uh, show off those Belgian styles, but both of these are kind of combination styles, half a Dubel, half a Trapel, half a Trapel, half a New England IPA. I'm curious to the both of you, what other kind of, if you have any other kind of weird styles, style mashups, style combos that you've run into that really stick out in your mind? Ben's nodding, thinking, sharing? I mean, I guess I've had a few uh, Imperial Pilsners some that were pretty good and others that never again. Um, and it's just, you know, it, at that point, it's it seems weird calling it a Pilsner, but the good ones still have the characteristics that you look for in a Pilsner, the drinkability, um, those flavors that are really balanced, but still present, but strong, um, like stronger than an export lager, which is, my favorite style of lager. Um, oh, but, you're a uh, Dorfunder guy. Yeah, so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my foot down now and finally just just nail that down and say that's my favorite style of lager. But um, yeah, as far as other weird combinations go, I mean, this isn't so weird anymore, and it's a style that I have really strong feelings about how it's being done in the years since it became popular. But um, basically, any kind of uh, dessert sour, like a lactose Ooh. sour. Um, it's really easy to overdo any one of the elements and make it um, stomach curdling. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's a you nailed that's it. A tattoo. That is a tat. <laughs> that's that a ink. tat. Cool. Well, looks good on you, Brian. I guess I say. guess I'm gonna have to have a meeting with HR tomorrow morning. <laughs> well hidden underneath your beard you know oh yeah i just i put my head down like this and nobody even notices and then i turn and then it's like (laughs) oh no i i agree ben i when the when the dessert sours first came out it was like um over everything was overdone and now it seems like people have gotten more subtle with it there's a brewery right down the street here that does um they put graham crackers in a lot of those and it adds this character mm-hmm. that really mellows out a lot of that sweetness and kind of brings everything together and puts this like pie crust element in there. And I feel like, I mean, that's what everybody should be doing with every beer is like, let's take these components and bring them together to make this cohesive thing. Yeah. 
there, there was a brewery here that uh, they took their truck to um, a grocery store and bought out all of the angel food cake in the bakery and threw that into the beer. I, uh, can, can you imagine somebody who had to pick up angel food cake for their like mom's birthday that day? <laughs> oh, man. Like, oh, I got a brewery. Yeah. Picked it up to put it in a pastry sour. They're like, this is their 90th birthday. It's a big one. This is pre-supply chain shortage too, so it would have been surprising. Like, <laughs> ever, how, ever, when would they ever sell out of Angel Food Cake? <laughs> it's just the, it's like the Marble Rye episode of Seinfeld. So yeah. somebody, somebody comes in and it's like fighting off an old lady for the final loaf of Angel Food Cake. <laughs> funny, funny enough story. I have not brewed beer since my daughter was born, and a couple of weeks ago I brewed beer. And it's sitting right here in my office, uh, conditioning in front of me. And we are going to condition it on angel food cake. But <laughs> Fantastic. Yep. Yep. So uh, <laughs> just bring it, bring it right around there. Uh, Ian, any, any styles like mashup styles that really jump out in your mind? I, I think particularly something I've, I've noticed. I mean, I, I, I've seen ones with sort of like Pilsners as well. I think people are trying to, the, the one that I tried semi-recently uh, was like a West Coast IPA inspired Pilsner. It was just like a fantastic beer. But, I mean, it, it's just like, a, it's essentially like a dry hop Pilsner, which is nothing new, but uh, but it, I don't know what they did to it that, that was different from that. Um, probably, I'm going to guess they used a green bill that used some similar like malts to, uh, to TIPAs instead of Pilsners. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it was... Uh, it was exactly uh, like Ben said, where it drank like a pill, just everything you're looking for, where it's like light, good, like cracker flavors, right? Like that sort of uh, like white, white flower sort of flavor, uh, but with, with like really strong, really fresh uh, hop aromas. Like it, 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 the, the hops just like exploded out of the glass. Um, definitely one of those beers. It's like fantastic uh, off the tap and maybe like dulled down a little bit in the can um and then another one i had was um, uh, a a kolsch it was like an unfiltered dry hopped kolsch from another Ooh. brewery here in austin that was like you know everyone has sort of expectations going to a kolsch i like kolsch because they're like an, an extremely predictable beer it is what it is you know mm-hmm. know what you're uh, getting it's like floral it's light uh and, but man this kolsch was just like hazy, the cut, the, the body was different, uh, but not too different. The flavor was different, but not too different. It was it just tweaked enough. You know, that recipe was like just tweaked enough where it was mm-hmm. like a, a truly, truly special beer and they haven't made it since. So, uh, that, that's fun. You know, I was like, Oh wow. This is one of my favorite beers of all time. Uh, let's, I'm so lucky. I live right down the road from this brewery and they haven't made it since it's been like two years. I need to, I need to get on about that. Yeah, I uh, I am definitely in that camp of like I love when they take IPA elements and mash it up with with lagers. You know, just give me a nice dry hop pilsner. Just give me a good yeah. good well done classic Czech pils, which should have a significant amount of hop character to it. I have also had beers that are like that that will go unnamed. That I just I hate it. There is a there's a brewery that tr- that does a, a lager. They take one of their New England IPA recipes and do it as a lager. And the New England IPA character of it almost overwhelms everything that you would love about a lager. 
it, it, the the hop oils put weird things in the mouthfeel that don't aren't usually there with the uh, with the lager. Oh, yeah, the finish is different. The the crispiness is gone. It 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 does weird things. I've uh, I've been digging Italian pilsners lately. Italian pils. Um, there are a few breweries around here that regularly have those on tap now, and just getting that little bit of extra lemony, citrusy flavors from the hops was really is really enjoyable to me in in a lager and, and a pilsner. Yeah, well, I, I saw someone bring up this beer in the chat when we were talking about like first Belgians, and especially when we were talking about like how you can. Uh, really stretch your dollar for ABB, but the the gold monkey, of course, and then oh, sort yeah. of the, the play off that is the, oh the sour God. monkey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is still an outrageous ABB. You, I, I thought with sour monkey they'd bring the ABB down, but no, they nope, they, nope. They, nine percent too. Yep, yeah, yeah. Keep it true to its spirit. God bless them, you know. But I, I actually that was a beer that I went into expecting like, oh, I'm probably gonna hate this. And it was actually pretty well, pretty well balanced, and it was uh, a decent beer. I like. Obviously, nine percent. You can't drink it every day. You can't drink m- many of them in a night. Um, but it sounds uh, like yeah. a challenge. <laughs> the, the acid reflux challenge. On yeah, the, uh, that's that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. As as a child, I I uh, would trade a nuclear warhead candy um, on the playground like currency, and that has led me to where I'm at today, <laughs> which is indigestion and uh, a lot of pain. And uh, and a roll of uh, heartburn medicine in the pocket at all yeah, times. Now, huh? now, yeah, now we trade uh, Pepsi like currency. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a. Uh, I've been I've been on the Pepsi kick for a while. You got some tums. I need to switch it up. Keep my uh, acid reflux on its toes. So one thing I did want to talk about. I think we all uh, all three of us here have been on the internet. We've been on the internet, right? dabbled yeah oh yeah. god i hope not yeah uh well i mean that in a different way we we've all had somewhat we've all posted yeah. videos on the internet that i would like to talk about that we would we might be of interest to listeners and of course i'm gonna f- start with myself to further explain why i uh, am injured and elaborate on the story i told last right. week uh we are currently running a wonderful special for our 12 beers of Christmas box and happy Hanukkah box through uh, Bruvana, 15% off. Uh, and, and we filmed this ad for it. Ho, ho, ho. From July 18th through the 25th, get 15% off our holiday beer boxes. That means 15% off the Hoppy Hanukkah box and 15% off the 12 beers of Christmas. This deal is a slam dunk. <laughs> so right there. <laughs> <laughs> right there you'll notice a couple things the the box i tried uh so for listeners at the home uh i tried to cap off this amazing advertisement uh by dunking one of our hoppy hanukkah boxes on a full-size basketball hoop i'm six two i used to be able to dunk i am 35 now and very unathletic and uh i jumped up landed on my leg and got hurt and then the box came down and hit me in the head to add insult to injury but yeah you can see right about there <laughs> i land i mean at least it was uh it was the hanukkah box and not the 12 beer box right yeah 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 uh for a little, little lighter 
Yeah. <laughs> a little lighter there. Um, so, yeah, that is why I'm injured. That's why I was on crutches for a couple of days. And um, can I point out that the script originally called for you to say it's a real slim dunk. And then you're supposed to do a layup, right? Where it's a, it's a comedic misdirection, right? Because you're expecting a dunk. That's a layup. And I heard that, Brian, you insisted upon <laughs> landing the dunk. That's 100% true. Freddie was like, you could just shoot it. You could lay it up. And I was like, no, I have to try to dunk it because I'm still an idiot that wants to like do impressive athletic things, even though I've never been impressive athletically. So, yeah, I, there's no one to blame but myself. Do you have that MJ in you now where it's like you're going to go back and try and dunk again that you've taken you've taken it personally and now you're going to train over the next year. You're going to heal up, train and then go just destroy that basket. I took that personally. I was going to say, the only, thing, <laughs> the only thing MJ and I have in common is that meme of him that says, fuck them kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a funny meme. Yeah. So a couple other, uh, a couple, uh, a couple of you, I'm, I'm just like at a loss for words tonight, four hours of sleep, grinding my teeth all night. I'm going to blame that. But our friend Ian here also had a nice, uh, a video on, our Bruvana page that I think we should all enjoy here together. And maybe Ian can talk us through it too. Let's set this up. Um, this is uh, corresponding with our, uh, if you sign up for the Bruvana newsletter, we are sending out weekly beer recommendations for the summer featuring the Bruvana staff. Um, I started off in this, my beer recommendation. I was just talking about how I love Kolsch's. This is a, a Kolsch called Carl from St. Elmo Brewing Company right here in Austin. It's like, the perfect summer beer for Texas. Um, but yeah, that's it's based in Texas. That's what you need to know for this. Fuck them. Gig them up. Eat them up. Bing, 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 bing. So if you're unaware, all the all the state universities in, in Texas have stupid slogans. And that's where like, gig them, eat them up. Yeah, they all have Hokum is the other one. There's oh, like gosh. they all have they all have slogans. The Hokum always the Hokum the Hokum with the Texas accent always gets me. Hokum. So <laughs> just wonderful. <laughs> I was just happy to wear the the uh, the honky tonk shirt because I rarely have like a an occasion to put on the honky tonk shirt. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not. We do. We don't go out two stepping too much. The bolo I wear like uh, every day, pretty much. You know, anytime, any anytime I have a college shirt, I wear the bolo. But yeah, the, the honky tonk shirt was nice to just to play dress up. You know. <laughs> I don't get the bolo. I don't ever get the bolo. Like it's not oh. a tie. Like where where did that come from? Okay, well it's the same. Okay, so do you know why ties were invented in the first place? Ties uh, ties were invented before buttons, and it's to keep the collar of your your shirt closed. And so you usually had a tie up top, and then you had like typically old shirts have like a tie at the bottom as well. That's uh, Two ties. and then bolos sort of came in I think around the same time, but they're great if you have them because they're like still. They're still formal, but you don't have to tie a tie. <laughs> you just put it on and you slide I'm a solid. thing up. That's why, that's why bolas are the best. 
They're the I gotta best. get out. I gotta get on the prairie. I got. I don't got time to tie a tie. <laughs> Hook them. <laughs> okay, that's a wonderful video, Ian. I I very much enjoy that. Uh, and finally, Ben here. Ben, why don't you tell us about what you did last summer with the Bruvana bus? Oh, you want to know what I did last summer? Um, I, yeah, so, so um, I actually drove a uh, tour vehicle for our sister company, City Brew Tours, from Portland uh, to mostly Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, yep, we ran into some problems there. Um, and I got to about Youngstown, Ohio. I had other problems along the way, but um, I got to Youngstown, Ohio, and I lost my uh, steering and my brakes. Um, <laughs> and so I had to use half my body weight to uh, finish uh, pulling off the interstate and the other half my body weight into the brakes. Um, and uh, then Brian had to come rescue me from a Mexican restaurant in Youngstown, Ohio, um, where it was what just, was, it was what a, was the name? How El, El Jalapeno, El Jalapeno two, two. <laughs> <It was> the <laughs> second, I, uh, the, um, junior, I don't know, but it was, a, it was this family Mexican restaurant in a part of Ohio I've never been to. And it's me and my suitcase. And I was wearing also a cowboy hat and, uh, it just, I felt it was like a record scratch when I walked in through the door, everyone turned and looked at me and I was just drinking tequila and 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 beer and having a grand old time eating carnitas um until uh until brian came and i was literally he literally rescued me from ohio took me to pittsburgh because the part that they needed to replace they couldn't get until the next day and then so brian had to go back to youngstown (laughs) and and get the bus uh, whose name is georgie and uh take him up to burlington where he will never have a mechanical issue again because he doesn't have to be driven across the entire continental United States again. Yep. And I think he is, uh, yeah, that was, that was quite the, um, I had a blast though. I, I had a, a wonderful time and I was really glad that I had my big mechanical breakdown in a place with people. Big ass American road trip day six <laughs> started off. Great. I... We're not gonna watch all of this. It's yeah. four and a half minutes long. I just wanted to show the part with the you use the bear. Yeah, the bear over your face. That was great. <laughs> Youngstown is so close to Pittsburgh. You you were Dude, so it's... close. I, okay, <laughs> yeah, I was major, so it's I, yeah, recognizable my, city. Yeah, my night before was in Cleveland, and it took me like thirteen hours to get from where I was staying in Iowa to Cleveland and and Barry told me it was only going to take nine. Um, And I was on uh, the the turnpike or whatever. And I could see Cleveland. Like I was entering the Cleveland Metro area and I was just crying. (laughs) I was so tired. And I could tell I went through a toll, bo- a toll booth and the toll booth guy was like asking me a bunch of questions about my vehicle. And it occurred to me that he was like trying to check to see if I was like, okay, uh, <laughs> to keep like driving. It was a wellness check. Yeah. Yeah. And cause I was like, it's really weird. Cause there's cars behind me and he's being really friendly. And like, I'm not saying I don't think people in Ohio are friendly, but this is really weird. And then I, I thought about it and I was like, oh, I must've looked rough. And, uh, <laughs> and so then the, ne- the next 
day, I'm like, oh, two hours. I can take some back roads. I can get, I can get two breakfast items at Sheets. I can just chill. And, uh, you know, I was screaming along to I'm Not Okay by My Chemical Romance on I-76. And I could smell something weird. And I could see that my engine was overheating. And I was like, I'm not okay. Um, So, yeah, that was my big-ass American road trip, day six. Yeah, for for the non-East Coasters in the the, the chat, two breakfast items from Sheets is technically six breakfast items from anywhere else because they yeah. have because yeah. it's like a, a hash brown stacked on top of a an egg stock stacked on top of like a fried chicken patty <laughs> oh, yeah. have, you heard, have you heard of the sandwiches that use donuts for buns instead of buns those originated <laughs> in this area they like this was the test market the test market was like Youngstown in like <laughs> Butler County north of Pittsburgh so. well and and um, and so like, okay, okay. So Doug in the chat says, uh, "Wawa over sheets." Look, I you know, one hundred percent. I I'm gonna say, I slightly prefer Wawa, but I grew up in that weird part of Pennsylvania that had both. Um, and I I do enjoy that at both places you have touch screens. You don't have to talk to anyone. And for everything that you get, it will ask, would you like to add bacon to this? Doesn't matter what it is. It could be a dessert item. Uh, it's, fruit, it's fruit salad. For 35 extra cents, would you like to add bacon? And it's, it's amazing. The things that you would normally never think to add bacon to, you're tempted when you see a bargain like 35 cents for bacon. I, I found that they like serve the extremes of the day on different ends, right? Where like every time I go to Wawa or I, I've been to Wawa really early in the morning to like drive back to Texas from Philadelphia and it was full of like construction workers getting coffee and their food for the day at like five o'clock. I've yeah. also been at Sheets at three o'clock in the morning and it was full of uh, drunk college kids from Survive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, you, will you have like the latest late night people like going in there to get like drunk food that's where sheets comes in and then the op- the opposite wawa's for the for the working man <laughs> sheets makes me feel like it's too nice for me um and i look down on wawa when i walk into it and that's why i think sheets sheets over wawa you want to lift up the people around you and wawa does not not does not do that for me well sheets for, uh, does. so sheets has like these really colorful neon lights and stuff whereas wawa is just bright at all hours of the day you could see everything there's nothing is hidden when yeah, you're in um, i feel like i feel like sheets learned found the contrast button on their uh <laughs> on their photo editor i will say <laughs> while it was a, like brightness a common thing that i've noticed at sheets and i'm sorry if we are going way off topic here at this point this is a wild tangent into regional uh, fast food um the there's an alarm in the the kitchen at sheets that is just always going off yes. and i've noticed it at at, yes. at at sheets in multiple states yeah and i just i guess if you work there you just get used to it um but as a customer i'm just like because yeah i'm i'm in i'm in cleveland ohio 
I'm in Pittsburgh, I'm in uh, Shippensburg. I, I'm hearing this uh, the same alarm, the same exact sound at every single sheet station. Will someone do something about this? Like, is there not something that is toasting to death in the oven? Right? Like, what's going on? What does what is the point of an alarm if it's always going off? No. It, it, yeah. Yes. It's if you don't, irritating. if you don't have time without an alarm, there is no alarm. And then that's what we'll leave you with, folks. <laughs> if 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 you have no silence, there is no alarm. This has been Bruce Less Traveled. Good night. No, that's <laughs> thank you. Th- thank you, Ben. Thank you, Ian. Thank you. For yeah, joining, thanks for having me back us. on. Yeah. Cheers to both of you. Uh, thanks to our friends at Monkless Belgian Ales for supplying uh, supplying some great brews. Uh, I still have half a can left of both of these, and I can't wait to enjoy them. Th- thanks to Monkless for uh, providing a neck tattoo for Brian. Yes, this will be a nice. I'll have a nice discussion in the mirror, an HR discussion in the mirror about neck yeah. tattoos tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <sighs> you can find more from our feature brewery, Monkless Belgian Nails, at monkless.com. As always, you can find more from us at bruvana.com, including some great writing from tonight's guest, Ian. You could also join the beer club there, you know, help support the podcast. You get some great beers, some neck tattoos out of it, and some good fun as well. Uh, You can also follow us on all the social medias at Bruvana. We'll be back next week with one more episode to cap off this wonderful city of Bend. Uh, But until then, Stay safe, be kind, and support local breweries and get neck tattoos. Cheers. Cheers, y'all. Cheers, everyone. Good night. Have a great night. Cheers. <laughs>